Welcome to the Making a Runner podcast. I'm your host, Nick, a running specialist, biokineticist, and coach. And I'm your co-host, Davey, aka Davey on the Run, a running enthusiast, influencer, and marathoner, and I love everything about running. As passionate runners, we look to use our knowledge and draw on past experiences to provide you with cutting-edge science and insightful information. We are going to be unpacking the fascinating topic of running with all-stars, subject matter experts, and everyday enthusiasts to not only help you improve your running, but also ensure that you experience maximum joy with every step that lies ahead in your journey, wherever that may take you. This is how runners are made. It's how runners are made, baby. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Were you an athlete at school? What? What? Was I an athlete? Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to say anything mean about the school. But Crawford was an academic school, and I was not an academic. I enjoyed a lot of sports, but track and field was not my my specialty. I think I I think I came second once in like grade three, and my dad was super proud of me. I was not a runner at school. Let me ask you quickly, off the topic, do you need to be coordinated to be a runner? Yes, most certainly. I think it is one of the most common things that I get asked in my practice. And a lot of people are like, wow, this, these movements take a lot of coordination. Well, yeah, you got to move your body, you got to breathe, you're trying to talk to a friend of yours, you got to think about what you're eating, you got to think about your pace, you got to think about what your heart rate is doing, where your route is taking you. I mean, if that's not coordination, then I don't know what is. Welcome, Davey on the run. Hello, Nicola. <laughs> we are here. We're here. We made it. We've done this, dude. Big day. It's a big day. First episode. Of Making a Runner. Who came up with that name? Um, I have to say it was it was you, Davey. It, it was. wasn't me. Who was it? It was me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed with that one. Well, let's just say I had a short list of about five and that wasn't on it. And then you just came in with the heat. Yeah, in all honesty, when we were driving here... I had to do a quick uh, Google search just to make sure yeah. that we weren't stealing any other podcast name. No, I made sure of that last night. Did There's, you? Yeah. Okay. I think we, we got some, some proper things coming our way here. So why making a runner? Well, there's, there's many ways to, to unpack this topic, but uh, at the heart of it, I think it's everything that goes into becoming an athlete, becoming a runner. You know, there's multifacets to that. It's the mental game. The physical game, obviously, emotional. I mean, we know it's it's quite an emotional ride. It is very emotional. I think there, there's a lot of unknowns when wanting to take on this type of journey. A lot of people just see a goal at the end of it and they think, oh, well, I'm going to enter this race and I'm, there's a plan, I'm going to follow this plan. But there's so much more behind it. Yeah. And I think just at the end of the day, you and I being such passionate runners, sharing that love for the sport, we really have wanted to, you know, expand on that. Obviously, there's a great story of how we met, my journey, your journey, and everything sort of in between. And I think that's ultimately, you know, what set us to sit down here and actually create this podcast. Yeah. And I think that's what we're going to be talking a lot about today, just to give our our listeners a little bit of background as to who we are what we do how we ended up right here talking to one another and then obviously just briefing a little bit on what's what's to come with this with this podcast series you know if if we take it from the beginning really i think the real beginning is davy and i were in school together 
Crawford College Alusia. <laughs> we don't we don't talk about it much because <laughs> I don't think we ever spoke when we were in school. The pride and joy <laughs> of Durban schooling. You are what? Four years or three years? Four years older than matriculated in 09. 9, 10, 11, 12. Four, four years. years. Yeah. Okay. So. so you were actually in my sister's grade. No, she was a year ahead of you. Well then you're three years older than me. Close enough, close enough. I did mass lit, so but, I'm not to blame. But you, you were were you an athlete at school? What what was <laughs> I an athlete? <laughs> Crawford okay, I don't wanna I don't wanna say anything mean about the school, but Crawford was an academic school and I was not an academic. So I I liked cricket, I loved cricket. I loved hockey, I enjoyed a lot of sports, but but track and field was not my my specialty. I no no. I got creamed. I think I I think I came second once in like grade three, and my dad was super proud of me. Um, and then I don't know what happened. I, I was not a runner at school, and I I, I will underline and uh, put in bold and not. I think you were the opposite of that, weren't you, hockey keeper? I was a bit chubby as well. <laughs> the, the the tuck shop at school sold some really tasty things, and I just I couldn't control myself. So cricket is a very um, it's not a very demanding sport. You don't have to be the fittest. Well, you wicket keeper. Wicket keeper. Yeah. So let me say this: you were playing cricket, but you were wicket keeper. You yes. played hockey, but you were goalkeeper. goalkeeper. You played soccer, you were goalkeeper. Yes. And I can't touch my toes. So you hated running. I I did not like running. Yeah. Okay. I I have. It's weird. I have very little ability uh, in like the midfield and whatever in, the, in sports but i'm quite like agile but i can't touch my toes so it's a weird one agile or coordinated yeah <laughs> i i don't know how to answer that question i, I asked this from a biokinetics perspective uh, <laughs> well they, you, you've seen me but, try to touch my toes yes uh, and i've seen you do a lot of uncoordinated things as well so yes. that's why i ask agile and coordination so let uh, me ask you quickly off the topic do you need to be coordinated to be a runner yes most certainly i think it is one of the most common things that i get asked in my practice and a lot of people are like wow this, these movements take a lot of coordination well yeah you got to move your body you got to breathe you're trying to talk to a friend of yours you got to think about what you're eating you got to think about your pace you got to think about what your heart rate is doing where your route is taking you i mean if that's not coordination then i don't know what is so then am I coordinated? That's a loaded question. Wow. I think in, in a way, yes. Can you improve in your coordination? Well, certainly. So let me ask you this. During our run this morning, because we did run this morning together, how many times did I bump into you? Because sometimes I wonder if I'm like <laughs> weaving off path and like everyone's just being nice. Do I crab run? That's my question. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do think so. Okay. I think uh, when we push ourselves a little bit harder, there's some elements of crabbing on, on both ends. Really? Yeah. Okay. yeah. There's definitely some elbow rubs, some unspoken touches. Yeah. It gets heated. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. But it, it all really started in early 2020, just after we got put into COVID lockdown, Davy slipped into my DMs. We saw this message last night. Nick, uh, Nick <laughs> took a screen grab and he sent it to me. It was basically me like asking him how much, no, no. It was me asking where he does running analysis. And Nick get, came back with this very nice response and, and it was very formative, detailed. And my only follow-up question was, how much does it cost? Yeah, Davey's always about the bottom line. Always about the bottom line. And, and, and my next question would have been, do I get a discount? Because I have a couple thousand followers. Yes, so, influencer. Hashtag influencer. Oh, yeah. So he didn't get a discount. No. He kind of disappeared for a, for a couple of weeks. He didn't really get back to me thereafter. I don't believe that. But he, he was always there. You know, when you see the people liking your stuff, <laughs> viewing your stories. 
He's, he was he was there. Are you, so are you the guy that goes and see, looks at who's viewed your story? No, no, no. That was that was a different phase of life. Now okay, I, okay. I like to say I've moved on. That was during our Runex phase of life, where we were doing the live shows. That's Run-X. that's where we really started. Yeah. Okay, so to put it all into perspective, we met during Runex. Yes. Um, Runex, you can touch on at a later stage because I feel like that deserves a whole separate podcast. But yeah, for sure. But yeah, so we met in 2020 and? And then the, the journey sort of evolved uh, when we actually finally got to meet. It was probably a couple of months after COVID, the lockdown here in South Africa. So maybe around about June, yeah, I thereabout, think so. yeah. where you actually came through and we finally managed to do this this running gait analysis. Yes. And uh, got you involved into as part of that, part of our team. Yes. And um, that's when I thought I had made it, eh? That's, yeah, yeah. I, we I made was, some stylish video. I was a Runix sponsored athlete, and I and I legit was like, Kath was like, Kath's my fiance. Um, Kath was like, what What does that mean? What What do you mean sponsored athlete? And I was like, It's a good question. Like, do they do they fly me all over the country, pay for my races? Subsequently, I got given a bag full of um, stretchies for for rehab. And, and that was essentially it. No, 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 no. Okay. There was a little bit more to it. You know, I didn't know that you were paying the 99 Rand per month fee. Yes. So in, in my mind, the sponsorship <laughs> would have been, you know, no. the free training. But then, thank you. Thank you for your donation. In, in the end, I feel like you got what you deserved. You got more out of it than what you were putting into it yeah. in terms of a financial uh, means. I was trying to figure out how I'm an I'm athlete and I was paying for the subscription. Yeah. It seemed like a bit of a pyramid scheme. Yeah. Because then Nick did say, the more people that you sign up, you get also a, a percentage back. <laughs> and so now that I think like about I'd it. I'd like to disclose that I think our, our views as to what Runex was and where it was going may have been a little bit skewed by lockdown. But, yeah. uh, you know, we're back on the road now and okay. I'll, I'll explain a little bit more about that later. Okay. okay. But I mean, since then, you know, Davies, you, you've come a long way, man. Like, where, where I met you, what the type of runner that you were, I was just seeing your runs on Strava and I was thinking, okay, well, this guy's got talent. He can he can push on a 5K downhill. He gets, gets dropped off at the top of the hill by his fiance. <laughs> he can run downhill pretty fast. I'm sure if I can coach him in a way that, you know, encourages him to run on a flat surface for longer, he might, he might become better. Nick saw the true potential. And that is a true story. There, there's a route in Amfloti that you go all the way up Pass some shorty towards Verulam and you go for like three Ks and it's a lovely downhill sprint. Essentially, it's a downhill sprint. And then you go either left or right to whichever way the wind is blowing. So it's, <laughs> it's optimal for a 5K PB, but there's a thing called Strava Police who um, will not endorse that route and they've had a go at me. So more, than, more than once, haven't more, they? Yeah, more than once. But yeah, Nick saw a diamond in the rough. Is that, is that vain to call myself a diamond in the rough? No, I believe you're you're a higher percentile athlete. So okay. let's call it a diamond. It's very generous of you. Yeah, so I've lost my train of thought. You, you were on an interesting journey. You were trying to run 12 marathons yes. in 12 months. Yes, I remember that. And, that you know, from my professional background, that's kind of... I look at that and I say, okay, well, that's great for you. It's not a great idea on your body. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if that's your goal, go for it. I'll support you and back you no matter what. So I'm, I met you... Wait, in June, we said. Mm. So I was I was six marathons through. So yeah, in 2020, I set out to do 12 marathons in 12 months because COVID happened and I was like, stuff COVID, I'm not gonna let it run my life. I am going to 
continue doing marathons because that was my obsession at the time. And I met Nick halfway through this journey, which nobody would have ever endorsed because quite frankly, it's just, it's not extreme, but it's, it's not productive running 12 marathons in 12 months. It also was at a strange time, you know, it was yeah. at a time where you couldn't physically go and run these marathons at specific events. You were doing them where? Solo. Solo, by yourself, yeah. in your own environment. And like, that was like the worst time to run. Cause I mean, I was just lacking motivation, you know, Part of running a race and part, in, part of being in a marathon is the crowd, is the chaos, is mm. you know, everything that's got that. So it was a really, really like sort of pointless time. How, I mean, that, that first marathon, that Cape Town marathon in 2020. 2020. 2020. Correct. That we ran around Durban. November, <laughs> yeah. Cape Town virtual marathon was the first marathon that Nick was officially my coach for. And my 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 pb marathon at the time was like 335 maybe even 340 <laughs> and i was part of dhs old boys at the time and i remember they were all doing a run from crusaders and i joined and the captain of dhs old boys roger westbrook was doing a 320 so i put the idea through to nick i said nick uh, roger's doing a 320 a sub 320 uh, i'm gonna try and hang on and i think nick Nick never tells me don't do something, but he'll always kind of strongly not recommend it, but in a very nice way. It's weird. I think uh, I always draw, I know where to draw the line and I always encourage you to, to believe. If you believe in something, I, I strongly think that you'll be able to achieve it. Maybe the time frame might be wrong. Yeah. So you tell me, Nick, I want to achieve a sub three hour yeah, marathon but- next week. And I'll be like, look, Davey, I believe you can do it. Yeah, but time frame is important. Yeah, it's key. You've got to manage an athlete's expectations. And that's something that we need to work on, okay? But back to the story. <laughs> yeah, the sub-320, Nick didn't exactly advise on it. I obviously went forth and tried to conquer. So it started off great. The, yeah, of course. Every single marathon starts off great. Let me just put that out there. Your first 10Ks, that's fire. Brilliant. And Nick had agreed that he was going to meet me at the 21 kilometer mark outside Old Town, Italy. And I just remember when I got to like 14, 15, I was, I was hurting a bit. 16, 17, hurting even more. 19 Ks, I was like, oh my heart, these guys are going to see me. <laughs> at 21 Ks, I'm going to be in pieces. I've still got 20, 21 Ks to go, essentially. And that's exactly what happened. I, so the bus came running past with yeah. Roger Westbrook and no Davy. I'm sure but I was there. You were, you were there, but you were just behind. You I were, was you hobbling, were like, you hobbling were, behind. You were hanging onto the back of this bus. Hanging onto the back. And, and there was a gentle hill coming our way. And yes. I, knew, I could see in, in Davy's eyes, even at that early stage of our, of our friendship, I knew he was, <laughs> <laughs> he was in the pain cave. <laughs> yeah, so that run <clears throat> was essentially Nick and Ant. Ant is in the UK now, who was part of Runix. They joined me, supported me and basically just saw me crumble to pieces in a in a in a glorious fashion i think you learned a lot that day i think you learned the most honestly trying to think i don't think i learned anything i think i learned that i was dumb for doing it but that that i I took nothing out of that race except pain absolute pain what about the salt situation so the salt situation yeah what Um, did you learn about salt so typically in a marathon you, you get to 30Ks and they call 30Ks the wall. You go, you go and you hit the wall. I don't think I had even reached 30Ks yet. 
I think I was on like 28Ks and we got to this aid station and, and some lovely DHS old boys were at the station helping out, handing out potatoes, bananas and salt. And you are meant to take like, what, a teaspoon? Oh, well, just a little bit, just a, a pinch of, of salt would it. I, I, I took the lid off, <laughs> opened up, I made a double cup hand, <laughs> then poured it in there and I just shoved it into my mouth. <laughs> And Ant and myself looked at each other and we're like, what is this guy doing? Is he trying to get to the end yet? Nick, th Nick actually was like, I, I actually think you might like collapse because you have had too much sodium if, if that was a possibility. But everybody looked at me and thought I was absolutely mad. Oh, it was because I was cramping. Yes, I was cramping and I was just like, what is going to fix this? And they were like, salt helps. So I was like, okay, well, if it helps, I need a lot of it because I'm in lots of pain. <laughs> So I, I, I took more than the recommended serving suggestion. Addict. Um, yeah, sure. And then what I also vividly remember is Nick's now wife, Leah Akampora. She was the super seconder uh, driving up and down. Actually, no, now that I think about it, I think you, yeah, you stuffed that one up. Yeah, she, she lost us. Yeah, she lost us. Yeah, she, she lost she us. She couldn't find her way around Durban North. But uh, I remember at one point she came to my rescue with a paddle pop. I still have a picture on my phone today of me walking, paddle pop in hand. This was meant to be like my debut run with Nick. I was going to blow his mind, knock his socks off. I was going to be the athlete. And I ended up doing that marathon in three hours and 45 minutes. I mean, Nick was like, oh, I'm so proud of you. I just remember saying, please don't like fire me as an athlete. I was like, I promise I can do better. You almost lost your sponsorship deal, man. I had to, I almost had to pay the, the, the <laughs> 200 grand a month, let alone yeah, the 90. Full coaching fees. Full coaching fees. But yeah, Davey, I think that run was, was an interesting one. It was, it was nice to be on the road with you. Nice to see you crumble like that and actually see how you still push through. And when I say push through, it's a kind way of saying it because I think in the last 10Ks, you were literally not keen. Eh? I was walking. You, you were walking. We walked most of that. So I think that, that 345 speaks a lot for you know the way that you went out there and how you were doing and how you crumbled. Yeah. And I think that's something that obviously with the right training, you managed to change. So, I mean, we fast forward a year later from that and having already had done a, a sub three hour marathon, we then went down to Cape Town. Let, let, let me put a pause on that quickly because what's important for me to say is when I did my first three and a half hour marathon, it was Hillcrest Marathon in 2020. So that was my PB, three, three hours, 30 minutes, average pace I believe for that is four minutes, 59 seconds on the dot, sub five minutes, right? I remember getting home and I said to Kath, I was like, I will never run a sub three hour marathon, never in my life. I have to take half an hour of this time. I remember being in shatters, I, I was finished. I was like, I will never, definitively never run a sub three hour marathon. Okay, so that is some very important context in my journey because as an athlete, no coach, you know, I thought I was a runner. I was running marathons every single month kind of thing. I was like, this is, this is the pinnacle of, of your ability of my ability three and a half hours i will not get better and then obviously fast forward take it away to cape town well even before cape town i think august was at it's yeah. about sub three attempt that was your first yeah sub three hour 252 three and a couple of seconds okay yeah. and then we went down to cape town yeah hoping for a 245 yeah the goal was to take off one hour from the virtual marathon which i mean when you think about it is just absolutely bizarre but 
Yeah, Cape Town Marathon was the best run of my life. Nick took, I think, what, three or four athletes over the line with sub yeah. threes that he coached. So it was an absolutely great day. I never actually thought I could do a 245 coming off that 253 because there were a lot of issues that I faced in that run, cramping one of them. So there were like, there was a lot of what ifs. And even on race day, I, I remember Nick and I looked at each other and, and like on your Garmin, you set your watch and the average pace came up and it was three minutes, 55 seconds. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, that's, that's, that's for a, a marathon for, for 42Ks. And I was like, hmm. And he looked at me, he's like, yeah, it's quick. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't know if I can do this. And it just was, it was a textbook run. Weather was great, atmosphere was great. That will go down in my books at, for the time being as the best run of my life, Honest, honestly. And I think that's such an important feeling to have because that for me is at the moment my, you know, highlight. And I am not stopping there. So, you know, my ability, I believe, is, um, you know, we're, we're scratching the surface. I wouldn't say scratching the surface. I, I, you know, I'm... Well, credit where it's due. I think, you know, you've recently started your journey, you know. Although it's been a couple of years now that you've been running, you recently started following the plans according, and I say recently yeah. in the last year, you know, they say <laughs> your, your 30s are your best years for running. You're not even in your 30s yet, first of all. 28. In May. Disclosure. Yeah, disclosure. <laughs> and, you know, you're only going to grow from strength to strength. And like, like you say, it's, it's amazing how just following the training and being consistent in that training and slowly progressing, just building that machine of yours as you go along makes a huge difference. And you eventually end up hitting targets you, you never thought were even possible. So I do believe you're only scratching that ability. I think we all are only scratching our own ability right now. And yeah. And uh, it's a really, really nice place for us to find ourselves in. Yeah. So let's talk for a little bit about this progression between coach and athlete, because I think that is also one of the main topics that we're going to be, you know, leaning on in this entire podcast is A, the necessity of an athlete having a coach and B, that relationship, because you know, Nick and I have also grown a very, you know, strong friendship. I would like to think it's a strong friendship. Yeah, yeah. Can I second that? Okay. He, he often tells me it's mutually beneficial. And I'm like, I, I'm a very, um, I, I'm a very emotional person. So, like, the, the nicest thing he can conjure up is it's mutually beneficial. So, it makes me feel all woman fuzzy. I'll go out and say it, Davey. I love you, man. I love you too, bro. Yes! Leah's sitting next to us. Yeah, she's just. That's going, all you yes. wanted to hear, guys. That's that's the end of the podcast. Actually, thank you for thank tuning you very in. much for popping in, guys. Baby's done his this job. This has been making a runner. But uh, <laughs> take it away downtown. Walking fast, places pass a long time. Okay, so now that we've had our fun, David, let's get to the actual nitty-gritty of this podcast, which I, I'd like to just get in behind the the science of how we managed to get you to improve by an hour yes so obviously we we just added a, a little bit of a protocol and program to your training i think that's a key aspect i think with any athlete that doesn't have something to follow the best way and quickest way to improve is through following any sort of structure so whether that would be even just a downloaded pdf it keeps you accountable it's something that you can monitor as you progress you know it's probably the number one most important thing as an athlete to have as part of achieving a goal is a plan 
And yeah. I think that's the first thing that we've introduced. Yeah. So before, well, when I met you, I was just, I mean, Regents was my main sort of run. Um, I think I was doing like 30Ks a week, sometimes 40, but like, yeah, no plan. The biggest contribution, hands down, has been following a program. And it's just so important. And I think obviously, Nick, you can touch more on it, but following a program for me, has just made the world of difference. It yeah. really, really has. And you know, there's like I said, there's different ways, whether it's just a basic plan that you download, whether it's something a little bit more structured like we use on Training Peaks. I think each athlete is different and they'll find something useful in whatever they're looking for. But yeah, the, the plan is number one. The second thing is we added the strength element because when you actually touched base with us originally in 2020, you were suffering from an RTB syndrome that you got from running around the parking lot, I think it was. Yeah, uh, I, did a, I did a marathon in my parking lot. I think quite a few people actually decided to do that. I was no different, but the key issue that I you know, didn't tackle was changing direction. Um, so I just went 42Ks in one direction and got, it was a hip pain, that's what it was. Uh, strange hip pain. Strange hip Phantom. pain. To this day, Nick can't uh, yeah, figure never. it out. So, figured it out. so yeah, the strength training was big. Came to Nick with quite a bad injury. Um, so we started with some basic rehab at first, you know, worked on his biomechanics. We, like I said, we did his gait analysis. We gave him some pointers to improve on. We then thereafter obviously introduced some more strength and conditioning, strict strength and conditioning. And I hate, hate strength training. Like, but you were a gym goer, weren't you, Davey? I used to be a gym bunny. I was quite mahusive. I used to bench like... And I'm, I'm not, like, everyone listening to this is going to be like, that is rubbish. But if you go, okay, go search me on Facebook. I was... Beefcake. I was a beefcake. Um, what were you benching? Yo, bro. 105 kgs flat. How much were you weighing at the time? I was like 85 kgs, 85, Yo. 86. That's proper, punching above your weight, eh? Now I'm uh, 63. 63 kilo and what are you benching right now you tell me bro you don't let me do bench press you tell me it's unproductive to my posture let's just say you're not even squatting 105 kilos i'm squatting my body weight and, yeah. and leah apparently the other day squatted more than i, I she did, did so. but you're all on the same journey together huh? no but I, I feel like that's a nice thing to say but um let's face the hard facts bro yeah, you're weak yeah i'm weak you're weak okay. but we're getting you stronger. We, well, There's definitely progress. It's the year of strong. It's the year of strong. Davey's deadlifting, he's squatting, he's lunging, he's doing all the big movements, he's box jumping. I really enjoy those ones. I don't enjoy when I don't enjoy hip hikes. Follow yeah, hip hikes. It's guys. often the little movements that hurt the most, isn't it? Hip hikes. And then there's a stupid one where he makes you sit on the floor and do like Sprinter like, arms. Sprinter arms. That's that's. That, I'm still convinced that he does that just to make us look silly. It looks good on my Instagram reels. No, it doesn't. And then I don't like anything to do with uh, hamstrings. Yeah. Tell 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 them why. Why? Because uh, I because I don't have any yeah, hamstrings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's nothing there. There's like a gap between your the back of your knee and your and your bum muscle. <laughs> and in fairness, there's nothing there either. There's no glutes. There's no posterior chain. But we're getting you there. So. That's the second goal of what we're trying to achieve with making this particular runner, Davey, on the run. Building body strength so that his body can handle more on his races. I think a big part of his cramps and the fatigue setting in towards the end of his races previously was related to a weakness and deconditioning, which now he is not experiencing anymore. I think we have been through the whole process of programming, training, 
coaching, we've made him a more mindful runner, essentially. So he is more in tune with his body. You, you know when there's a niggle, what to do about that niggle immediately. Obviously, you'll tell me about it, but you also know how to self-manage certain things. And before they become a big issue in your running journey, you, you sort of, we, we deal with those at that initial point. I think I've also just become, I think any, for me, like I, I take running very seriously. Okay. I, I love running. Um, it's a fact. And my goals are important and I would sweat the small stuff. Like Nick still to this day often gets countless messages from me and like, oh, I've done this, done that. And Nick just talks me down. But I think, I think a lot of the journey is also, yeah, becoming more in tune with your body, knowing how to manage aches and pains, you know, doing what works for you. Because I, I think um, for me also, like even mentally, mm. if I've got some aches and pains and, and it sounds funny and like people probably might disagree with it. Nick probably might disagree with it. But I also believe that some stuff mentally, like I, if I know that I go and like put myself in a bath and have a hot soak in magnesium, it may do diddly squat. But like mentally, it's making me feel better. Um, Look, David, the mental game is is a massive aspect that we haven't even touched on. But I think if I just look at you as a runner and the runs that I've done with you, especially the races where you sort of have hit that wall and have felt like, you know, things are falling apart. You do have this tendency to negatively self-talk. And I think it's been a big thing for us to work on is trying to positively reinforce all the time, as much positive reinforcement as possible, making you believe that things are possible to achieve, showing you, you know, things like, I'm not too sure if I can hold this pace. Okay, well, let's go out and, and do a little training run at a tempo that we're seeing, we're showing you, you can hold this pace. So th the mental element is massive. And I think that mental element progresses as you go along, you become more comfortable, you become more aware of where your limits are and you become more in tune with your body and that's a massive part of it so i think that overall over the last year you you've improved remarkably as an athlete i think something to mention at this stage is that it's always easy in the beginning right the, the improvements are always greatest in the beginning that is extremely true but the biggest reward is always at the end yeah. So we've got this this sort of balance now between having achieved our goals, having new massive goals. And yeah. I firmly believe if your goals don't scare you, they're not big enough. Yeah. So, you know, we do have temptations of wanting to go under two and a half hours for our marathons and, you know, really push that 10K and 5K pace down way faster than what it is right now. And like you said, a year ago, that marathon pace wasn't achievable. Right now, those marathon paces aren't achievable. Yeah. But, uh, you know, continuing along this, this linear process, there's, there's only good things to come. And it's just down to being consistent, following that plan, sticking to it, continuing to evolve that machine that is our body, becoming stronger, becoming more aware. And along the way, you sort of figure where you lie you know if you figure out i actually don't really enjoy running marathons i prefer the faster stuff we build only 21s 10ks you know that's something that you learn through experience and through trial and error but you can't know unless unless you try and i mean what is what is your main goal for this year yeah that's a, it's a difficult one i know my main goal i know i know the hand of a heart um but so okay so my main goal is comrades um i've never done comrades i was meant to do comrades in 2020 and then COVID hit 2020 uh, 2021 it didn't happen so 2022 is the big year i've also always thought that i would never be able to do comrades because of my cramping issues it's just been like a huge goal for me and where i find myself at the moment is potentially 
well, the goal is a, is a silver medal. And both Nick and I want to go sub seven, which is absolutely crazy to think about because there are so many talented runners who, who have not gotten a silver medal at Comrades. But if you look at our training and if you take my marathon into consideration, like we are on track. So yeah. that, that's what it's really, really, really excites me. My weakness in inverted commas as an athlete is that I, as soon as I do something like go for a PB, I, I want to then better it the very next day almost. So for me this year, I, I also have a 5K PB attempt, a 10K PB attempt, a 21K PB attempt, which we just failed at. That was at best of the best half marathon, which was a hell of a learning curve. Um, oh, we didn't fail, did we? We didn't fail. You ran a PB. I ran a PB, but... So I, let's unpack that really quickly. Why is that a failure? Because it wasn't the target time that I had in mind. I was going for a 115, actually. And... Just leading into it, the, the training was, we didn't have a lot of time to train. The week leading into the race, I was not feeling well. There were a whole bunch of issues. And I remember standing on that start line and I was just like, this is going to, this is going to hurt. And that's normal. Every single PB attempt hurts. But within, within six Ks of that race, I, um, I knew that I was not going to achieve my target straight up because I know my body. I know what... I know how it feels on race day. And that was actually the first time that I ever considered bailing out of a race. I think I was 10, 11 Ks in and I was like, what's the point? I'm not gonna get my PB. I, I mean, why don't I just stop? Thankfully, I didn't because I've been told a few times that, that if you ever stop once, you know, you'll always have a reason to stop the next time. And I pushed through, I hurt, I hurt like hell. And it wasn't an easy route. Um, it was probably up there with one of the toughest runs I've ever done. And yeah, I did get a PB. Uh, one hour, 19 minutes and a couple seconds. So in every single aspect, it, it was a PB. It was a successful run, but it was not the target that I wanted to hit. And I finished that run and I, and I threw a hissy fit. I, I really did. I, I was throwing out the F word. And that is just because I'm passionate about the sport. I'm passionate yeah. about you know, my goals. My goals are huge to me. I'm not an elite runner. You know, everyone always says, oh, but you run so fast. And like, no, I don't. Yeah, it's all it, relative, it, isn't it? It's all relative. And that's the other thing is that, you know, I may be fast to some people, but then it, 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 it is so relative. So it is like, what's big for me is my goals and achieving what I want to achieve. And that is why when I didn't get that goal, yeah. it was upsetting. But, you know, running is all about that individual journey of yours. And everyone's on their own journey. And we're going to have guests on this podcast that are going to be far faster runners than what we are. And they'll, they'll be doing a sub three hour marathon as part of a training run. So, you know, it's, it's all relative. It's, it's not about looking at the people next door, you know. You're on your own race. You're running your own time. You, we all have done our own training. Everything is different. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty about running, right? It's a level playing field for everybody the, at the essence of it. But what you put in is directly what you're going to get out. At the same time, what you've been gifted with, there's a certain level that you, you can't step out of that. So I think, you know, you have been gifted with a hell of a lot of talent. Now you're putting in a hell of a lot of work to maximize that talent. Yeah. And let's see where the year takes you. But you got to be positive and that passion, that burning passion is 
directly is right there you know so without that passion i think you're never going to achieve any goals in life yeah so it's good to be passionate about something it's good to get upset as well because it shows you that it meant something to you yeah yeah I i think that's another point to touch on is you know this burning passion one thing that i talk a lot about is this burning passion that i have for running and i strongly believe that you know there's i wouldn't say few but not everybody is fortunate enough to find their burning passion Mm. You know, people have hobbies and people have things they enjoy. And I, I'm so, so grateful that I have honestly found something that sets my soul on fire. Really, like, I wake up. I mean, Nick, it's, it's not easy, you know, doing what we are doing in terms of training. I mean, mm. every single day, you know, 4 a.m., waking up. And, and for what? You know, you, you train for like a handful of events. You're always tired. And... At the end of the day, why do we do it? It's because we absolutely love it. Like, I couldn't think of anything better to be doing. I, I couldn't. I, I really, really couldn't. And I have the most beautiful long-haired sausage dog and fiancé at, at home who I could be snuggling with, sleeping in with. And I'm like, sorry, guys, I will be back later. But for now, I'm going to go and chase my passion. You know, and that is honestly... That means the world to me. But you learn so much through it. it. It's not just about the running, right? It's about life in general. You learn many life lessons through yeah. running. Yeah, you do. And that's that's the beauty of it. So enough about us, Davey. I think uh, we've, we've discussed plenty about our personal points of views on running, expertise, with myself being a bio, running coach, you being a very much enthusiastic and passionate runner. Yes, you, can, you, you guys have clearly found that I am enthusiastic and passionate. And I think, you know, from, from in the next podcast that you're going to be hearing in the series, we're going to be bringing through a lot of our own points of views. But those are always going to be backed up with some level of individual in, in the show with us, you know. So whether it's... It's a runner themselves, a, a high-level runner, a health professional talking about specifics of recovery, training, performance. Those are the things that we're going to be hitting in our podcast going forward. And we really are excited about some of the guests that we're going to be bringing on because there is so much talent floating around South Africa and we, yeah, we, we, we've identified some people yeah. and, and we're really excited to actually introduce you to some of our guests on the show. Yeah, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. It's going to be extremely insightful, useful information, you know, for any level runner. It doesn't matter whether you're running a sub three hour marathon or you're just trying to scrape in under the five hour mark to finish off your or to qualify for comrades um, i think anybody can take something away from what we are trying to bring through this or to this audience and i'm also man very very excited because as as a job as a profession it's what i do every day i try and educate people i try and tell them about running and how to run better and how to be more mindful and now we finally have this podcast where we're going to be able to broadcast it to a wider audience so i'm i'm super excited about that i mean just like we mentioned you know the small taking home points from today is the the consistency in the training really it's it's what's paid off it's a combination of following the right plan introducing some level of cross training or strength training i think that's a massive element having an idea as to how to improve your running gait, how to improve your running biomechanics to become a better functioning individual, less injury prone individual, which will then also allow you to enjoy running a hell of a lot more. So that's what we sort of touched on today. I know we spoke for a lot longer about many other things, but guys, basically we're going to be talking about what it takes to make a runner. 
Well, wrapped it up in a pretty little bow. That's easy. Thank you, Davey. Thank you, Nick. That's Making a Runner, guys. Thank you very much, Thank guys. you for joining us. We are so excited for this journey ahead. And uh, we'll chat to you soon. Chat to you soon, guys. Just for now.